Welcome to You Can Get Paid For That. Doing stuff you like is cool, and so is making money. This is the show where you'll learn to do both, from people who are actually getting paid to do what they like. I'm your host, Bo Blackwell, and I'm here to help you discover how you, too, can get paid for that, whatever that may be. Hi there, and welcome to You Can Get Paid For That. This week, I'm joined by Amy Baglin, and Amy is the founder of Meet Mindful, which is a dating site for people who are into mindfulness, spirituality, yoga, all that kind of good stuff. So in this episode, Amy shares how she sort of accidentally stumbled into a successful bootstrapped business that she created, why she decided to transition and start something new with Meet Mindful, and kind of the differences between uh, how to do a bootstrapped business like she did the first time around, and why she's doing a kind of bigger play with uh, funding and all that kind of stuff this time around. So Amy is really sharp and a lot of fun, so I think you guys are really going to enjoy this episode. If you're enjoying these shows, I would love it if you could leave me a quick review on iTunes. Just go to youcangetpaidforthat.com slash iTunes, and it'll have instructions on how you can do that, and it just takes about two minutes to do. So I'd really appreciate it, and I hope you enjoy the episode. All right. Well, thanks so much for being here, Amy. I'm really excited to have you. Thanks. I'm really excited to be here, Bo. I appreciate it. Cool. So could you tell the audience what it is that you get paid for? I get paid for helping people meet and fall in love. Oh, well, there you go. That's a good, <laughs> good thing to get paid for. Uh, that's a, uh, a great niche. So you have started a dating site or a platform called Meet Mindful, correct? Is that uh, kind of what you're working on now? Yes. Okay. Um, and what kind of makes Meet Mindful different than all the other dating platforms out there? Because it's a really competitive space, obviously, and you know one that was pretty established. So how did you decide this is what you wanted to get into and, and how you were going to approach getting into a space where there was a lot of competition like that? You know, I guess I'll start with, to me, those are two very different questions. So I'll start with the first one is what makes us different. Um, For people out there listening who are familiar with uh, J-Date for Jewish people or and the people who love them, and uh, Farmers Only is another great example. Uh, So we consider those our peers because what differentiates us, very similar to those companies, is the audience that we're attracting. It's We're creating a pre-vetted, if you will, group of people who are coming together intentionally on this platform to connect with other people who have similar interests and like-minded values and lifestyles. So if I could give um, a little bit deeper look into that, like when I moved to Colorado, I was single and I wanted to obviously meet some people. And I went on OkCupid to start. And I'm a meditator. I'm a yogi. I eat really clean. I generally have a very uh, conscious and somewhat spiritual view to life. And when I was on OkCupid, it was really difficult for me to find other people who I knew that I would um, click with in that way. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that even when I was, and I'm a obviously like own a tech companies. Uh, and so I'm a pretty savvy person when it comes to using most technology. And, um, 
on OkCupid, I was stumped as to how I could find these people. I mean, I would like Google or Google, I would keyword search for certain stuff, whether it be yoga or meditation or whatnot. But the reality was I didn't really need to find somebody who had that specific interest. It's more of a mindset. It's more of a value set. And that's something that was really hard to uh, find, like through active searching on the more mainstream sites and platforms. Gotcha. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Um, so you really got into this. I mean, I think it's great that you kind of got into it because you were looking for something that you wanted yourself rather than <laughs> trying to go out and, uh, you know, build something that you thought would be, uh, you know, popular or thought would be a huge thing. I mean, I think it's always great when it kind of comes out of recognizing your own need for yeah. that sort of thing. So once you decided that that this was something that you wanted to to pursue or, or to do, how did you kind of go about getting started? Because building a, a dating site, even if it's a, a niche dating site, seems like a pretty huge undertaking. It is. I think I'm crazy like every day for, try, for actually tackling this problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and this will kind of answer your second part of your question. Um, as to how I actually got into this in the first place, I didn't just wake up um, one day using OkCupid and say, okay, I'm going to do this dating site. It was a more organic process than that, as I'm sure you can relate to and many other people who are listening can relate to when you end up finding that that thing that you just can't stop thinking about um, until you actually have to do something and take action and start it. So for me, that was when I did move to Colorado three and a half years ago, I... I started an events company and this was because I just had an idea and like this aha moment of I would go to yoga classes and I didn't know anyone and I wanted to know, know more people and I, I would sit in these yoga classes and there would be like 50 people there and we'd just be sitting in silence and I thought it was really awkward like it was really weird that all these people who clearly have so much in common, um, and this is from my experience in you know being in the yoga community for the past four or five years at that time, and they're not talking to each other. And I thought, well, that's that's interesting. Like that doesn't make any sense. Um, and then I saw a little thing about during um, the Valentine's Day time. It was like January. There was an article on art uh, on a studio in suburban Detroit that was doing partner yoga for singles and it was an event. I thought, oh my God, partner yoga for singles, that is brilliant. And so within a day, I had come up with this idea for an events company called Yoga Dates and we did yoga events for singles and without even knowing about the concept of an MVP, minimal viable product, without knowing any of the ways to do this, um, I started a meetup group. Mm-hmm because it costs 45 bucks for three months. And I thought, well, if I can get people to go to these events, then maybe I have something, you know? And I was constantly like, after reading four hour work week, as I'm sure many people will laugh when they hear this and resonate, I wanted to find my muse, you know? I sure. wanted to, I was just constantly searching, searching for that. And this yoga dates thing really fired me up. And so I started this meetup group, totally off the cuff, I didn't have an event space in mind. I didn't really have anything thought through. I just um, put up a name. And then within a couple of days, I had like 300 members and half of them were men. And that's when I was like, oh, there's something here. It's not just going to be women who are into yoga. It's going to be 
an equal mix, most likely. And so I thought, well, I should probably get a logo. <laughs> and I went on Elance and I had someone create a logo. And to this day, it's just like super cool, even though we don't use it anymore. Um, and I ended up doing my first event. It sold out. It was an awesome, awesome event. We did yoga and like a mingling hour and then um, like food and wine and just people loved it. So I started doing them around town in Denver and Boulder and I just networked my ass off and I was just hustling, hustling, hustling. And the yoga date stuff really took off. We got a bunch of press. Um, I was constantly selling out stuff. Everybody wanted to work with me too because it was a really cool partnership to have. It was very win-win. I was bringing traffic to the studios and they were in turn promoting my events. And so it was through that that I, that I started you know, this whole dating and mindful, it, well, dating in the mindful space. Um, and so to answer the question about how to meet mindful get started was, it was, Yoga Dates was the impetus, it was the seed. And then I started getting a lot of feedback from customers. I was constantly doing surveys and constantly like asking people for, for their, what they thought. And people kept coming up and they were like, I just want to meet these people all the time. Um, I don't even do yoga and I'm at your event. And I was <laughs> like, wow you've never even done yoga and you're doing that at a singles event. That's like fascinating. Like you've yeah. got some balls, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's clearly such a big problem that someone's going to step out of their comfort zone and do something like that and show up with the intention of meeting someone that they feel like they'd have a higher chance of getting on, getting along with than if they were to go some more mainstream routes. And so that's when I started thinking, how can I scale this? How can I use what I learned with this feedback about, basically it wasn't about yoga. It was about why people do it. It's the reason behind why people meditate, why they, you know, eat organic, why they go vegan, why they read Deepak Chopra. Like all of it is, is to a greater good of self personal evolution and personal growth and finding your true North, if you will. And so that's what, that was really what set the stage and it was the why behind doing this in the first place. And then couple that with my experience in online dating and in technology and um, in general, that's what drove me to start Meet Mindful. So I know that's a long winded background, but I think it's definitely worth noting. No, that's, that's an awesome background. And I totally can see how one would flow into the other. Um, with the, the yoga dates, um, how long did you run that before you decided you wanted to transition it into this other thing? And, you know, how much were you kind of treating it as a, a business and how much was of it was sort of fun and just doing it as a, a your muse or your passion? Yeah. Um, so the first question, the timeline, I did it for about, let's see, like a year and a half ago. It was our last event, that right? Sorry, I think I did it for about two years. I was holding the events, or maybe a year and a half, two years, um, on my own. And so I was, I was doing that at the same time that I was teaching yoga and doing uh, Thai massage. I had a Thai massage practice full time, and so I did like these three things. Mm-hmm. And the yoga dates events, I pro- I would have one every three to six weeks, depending on the time of year. Um, and so clearly that wasn't paying all the bills, but it was definitely, you know, it was, there's no overhead. So it was pretty much all profit after I paid out um, my partners. And it, it was this constant juggling of these three 
uh, things I'd chosen to do to make money. And while teaching yoga and doing massage is, um, I would say, more more of a passion thing than yoga date stuff. It just I, the, the idea of getting paid hourly, I hated it. Like, mm. and I was also working through other people's schedules and studio schedules, and I just didn't like that either. Um, so that was about a two and a half year period, or sorry, two year period. During that time, I started working with a coach who helped me gain some clarity around uh, what around how I wanted to do Meet Mindful. Because at first I wanted it to be a dating site for people who were into yoga. And then I was like, well, that's kind of been done before. And it's also just not a really big addressable market. It's not as big as this larger um, mindful living, mindfulness space. And so it took me a good like six months to get really clear on what I wanted to do. Uh, and then after that, I kind of switched gears. I, I tried to outsource the yoga dates events to a partner of mine. This partner runs all the yoga events um, in Colorado. It's called Colorado Yoga Events. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it was kind of a bust because I wasn't focusing on yoga dates as my, as my number one thing at that point in time. I was focusing on Meet Mindful full time. And Colorado Yoga Events wasn't concentrating on yoga dates full time. So it ended up kind of being like the ugly stepchild that nobody really wanted to put passion into. And it, and it just didn't perform like it used to. So um, we, we pulled it. And, you know, that was just like an effort to keep it going because people loved it. It wasn't even about money at that point. Sure. You know, there's one other thing I will mention, because I think it's um, something that a lot of people might grapple with um, when they think about starting something. And it's definitely really uh, up the up your alley of the show. During the time frame that I was working with this business coach, I was actually deciding between doing Meet Mindful and doing something else completely different. And do you think it would be helpful for people to know the process that I went through to figure out what to do? Yeah, absolutely. I would love cool. to, to hear about that process for sure. Cool, yeah. So another little thing about me is that um, I, I am a partner yoga teacher. Have you ever tried partner yoga? I have not because I'm super unflexible and I'm afraid I would hurt my partner. So, <laughs> But it looks well, awesome. Just, I've seen it done and it looks great. I love it when people give the I'm not flexible enough for yoga excuse. It's like saying, like, I'm too fat to go on a diet. Because <laughs> like, it's like, that's what it helps with. So, sorry. I sure. just have to no, that. no, that's it's, fair. It's funny. Um, but there's lots of partner yoga that you could do with your partner that would that would not um, break your back or anything that would actually, like, be really helpful to get you to that flexibility. But I digress. So I'm um, a partner yoga teacher. I, I really just took to the practice. I integrated it into our yoga dates events. We did partner yoga speed dating. Oh, and wow. um, <laughs> yeah, it was really fun. And so I was I was pretty like for a while, was super obsessed with partner yoga. And for many reasons, it's just a beautiful practice. It's very connective for people. It doesn't have to be romantic by any means. And there's so much that you can do with it. And it also is taking off. And so two years ago, I was working with this coach and I was like, oh my goodness, I'm seeing so many yoga. At the time, it was just around the time that all these different yoga um, yoga class websites were popping up. So now there's a bunch of them. Um, and it was really relatively new back then where people would film yoga classes and then sell them online, generally through a subscription, monthly subscription service. And there was no partner yoga. And so partner yoga is kind of like the forgotten about practice that people don't really talk about as much. And so I started looking at Google search terms and the search volume for partner yoga. And I was like, this is this 
through the roof. Like they're so, there's like literally hundreds of thousands of people searching every day and every month, excuse me, for partner yoga. And there's no one that's owning it online. Like sure you can find stuff, but no one was owning it. No one like had that portal that was the, the partner yoga portal. <laughs> and I was like, I want to do that. Like I've already done filmed partner yoga videos. I, I know everyone in the yoga space. Like, this is just like so cool. I should do this. You know, and I started looking at what it would cost to build a site to do that. I started specking out, um, you know, the business models for both meet mindful and this partner yoga thing. I was obsessed with both of them. And I sat down with my coach and I was like, I don't know what to do. I can't do both of them right now, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. and I looked at the dating space and I looked at the opportunity that was in front of me and I said, you know, this is, there's no dating site that is targeting this very large addressable market right now. And it's a, it's a timing thing. Like this is a time to go after it. Whereas the partner yoga thing, even if someone else launches a partner yoga portal website, like there's always room for more than one. Um, so I thought I can do the partner yoga thing later as a passion and meet mindful has to happen now. So that's kind of the exercise that I went through. Yeah. That's really interesting. That, uh, yeah. kind of came down to yeah. having to make that hard decision. Cause yeah, I think, um, it's, it's lucky when you have two things that there's a lot of opportunity in and you could go either way, but that can be a <laughs> really difficult choice. And I think a lot of people try to do both and end up yeah. not doing either very well. One of the things that I noticed with that too, is, um, and I'd love to hear your input on this is I I've been surrounded by the health and wellness coaching and teaching space for a long time. And, and it is no different from other internet marketing verticals where people are thought leaders in their specific niche. And I was already quickly becoming a thought leader in the yoga dating space, obviously um, from that, from that work. And And I looked at Meet Mindful as an opportunity and I looked at the partner yoga thing as an opportunity. And I said to myself that the partner yoga thing, it's going to be Amy. Like it's always going to be about me Mm -hmm. and I won't be able to ever step back. And that is something that if I'm signing up for that, like it's game on until I stop doing it. I mean, sure, I could automate stuff, but there's something about being in the public eye that much that, um, like letting it define who I was that I wasn't totally comfortable with. And I was already seeing that happen with yoga dates and I, and I kind of didn't want it. Also, I knew that there was no chance for, well, not very much of a chance for any acquisition if the person running it is like the reason people are buying into it. Mm -hmm. So I thought, well, meet mindful doesn't have to be that way. And I've actually taken a lot of um, I've taken a lot of steps to make sure that that's, it's not about Amy Baglin. It's about the people that we're doing this for and it's about the team behind it and the branding behind it. So that was a big piece of it as well. Yeah. I think that's always a really important thing for people to think about when they're deciding how they want to brand their business. And I, I think you're absolutely right that in a, a very yeah. visual and very, um, I don't know what the right word would be, but a a space where there is a lot of personal brand behind it and personality behind it. Um, you're right that it is hard to ever step out of that. And, um, I know several people in the health and fitness space and in the, um, internet business space and things like that, where they've basically 
built a business that, like you said, you can never leave. Uh, yeah. if, you, if you ever tried to leave or ever tried to sell it, the appeal to the audience would completely drop off because they're yeah. so connected to that original person. So, And therefore, the appeal to the investor is not there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> or the, or the acquirer. Yeah, I don't um, think anyone – I don't know of anyone who's ever had a business get acquired where they were a, a really integral face yeah. of the business, um, at least on the internet. Um, and that's not to say that, right, right. Yeah. Like you have like Billy Blanks or like the people who really made it with their, with their info products and mm -hmm. that was taken over. Um, but you have people like, you know, like I look at, I look at Brie, who, the Betty Rocker, I look at her and I think like, I don't know where she's at with how much time she's spending working all the time or working every day, but I know she does work really hard. But one day, you know, as she, as she grows even more and as she gets more of her systems and processes in place, she'll be able to step back a lot more than she is now mm -hmm. and just have that free time with the four hour work week that we're always like, you know, <laughs> striving for. Meanwhile, like I'm sure Tim Ferriss is working like, you know, 50 hours a week, but yeah. um, regardless, like there's opportunities to at least step back. It's just never going to go away completely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that, I think that's definitely accurate. And, the guys that I know that have, have built that kind of personal brand business, um, it is really hard to, to step out of it. And a lot of them end up transitioning to a, uh, a business or, you know, launching a separate brand that their, their face and, and name isn't on at least the title of it, you know, that they can have that level of separation. Yeah. Um, like, like Greg, Greg's doing that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and I'll, uh, I'll link to Greg in the show notes for the people who aren't familiar with him. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, that's okay. That's okay. Greg Greg is, great dude. Yeah. He's a mutual friend of ours here in Colorado and yeah, doing some really cool stuff. Um, so one thing that I wanted to ask you about because, uh, yoga dates was obviously a, a bootstrapped business and one that you kind of just built from the ground up organically. Whereas meet mindful is something where, uh, you know, it's a big platform you're going out and having to get funding uh, to be able to do that and build a team around you, you know, tech team and um, community manager and all kinds of things like that. So um, how has that been different or what advice would you have to people who maybe have a, a big ambitious business like that in mind where they're going to have to go out and um, seek funders or, or create a team rather than just trying to be a solopreneur? Yeah. Um, gosh, there's so much that yeah, I can it's a big there. topic. But... Yeah, it's a huge topic. Um, I, I, this might be lots of tangents, so just please steer me if I need steering back to the original question. Um, the first thing that comes up for me is that um, mm -hmm. I was hustling, and I said earlier, busting my ass to, to get Yoga Dates off the ground and to continue the traction that we had. And it was fun, but I didn't have anyone on my team. Mm -hmm. I, I really didn't have anyone at all. No, I couldn't pay anyone, nor did I have anyone who was like, yeah, I want to help you with this, like in her actual dedicated fashion. And that was hard. It was really hard. And it was hard, not only because just from a bandwidth perspective, like obviously we want to be able to get more done and having just one of me was pretty difficult, but also you know, it, it, I'm a very extroverted social person and it got really kind of sad working 
at home in my yoga pants every day with like no one to talk to mm-hmm. and except on social media. And I was like, and obviously like that gets kind of sad too. And you're like, Oh, the only conversations I'm ha- having are on social media. And even if I was to, which is why co-working spaces exist, right? So like, I'm thinking, even if I was to have joined a co-working space at that point in time, it, it wouldn't have solved that problem. And so the first thing is that like, if, if for someone who's really want to do something big, I think the question would be like really asking yourself, what do you need out of, out of your, your, your baby, out of your career, out of your job, whatever you want to call it. Like, are you somebody who really wants to be working from home all the time and like working totally erratic hours just because you can, or do you need more structure? Do you need people around you? I think that's an important thing to contemplate. And the second thing I would say is if they, if somebody decides that that is the route you want to go and you want to, kind of that person typically needs to have that like go big or go home mentality. It's not, it's not something that like, at least in my, my experience, and this is only my own experience that I can speak to, but I I never wanted to create meet mindful to be something that generates like $20,000 a month. And like, I can just sit there with my developer on the other side of the world and like call it, a business. Like I wanted, I want it to go big. Like I want this to be like the whole foods of online dating. And, and I think making sure that you have a vision that big, uh, is really important because it's important for your own drive every day. It's important for any investors that you bring on. You've got to have a big vision and it's important for your team because you're going to build a team. And if somebody comes in to interview or to talk to you about your company and you decide that, you just tell them that it's just kind of a small thing that you kind of just want to keep like a little small thing. They're not going to be as excited about it. And Mm -hmm. so that, that big vision is really important. Um, A couple of other things that I'll say is one of the things that helps me the most, and hopefully we can tweet this out to galvanize when we publish it. um, Galvanize is a co-working slash incubator slash event space that started in Denver, Colorado, and is now in, I think they're moving into like their fifth city. Um, they have a really cool model where they, and I first discovered Galvanize when I was going to a, a tech meetup event, and they host so many of the meetup events in Colorado. And it's a co-working space where all these people who were, who were incubating their, their startup ideas can come and work from, and they have floating desks, and I'm sure many of the people that are listening are familiar with this concept. The really cool thing that Galvanize offered is it specialized in tech startups, and it had so much uh, mentorship available and workshops and, and meetups that we could go to all the time. And, you know, of course, you have to be proactive to get the, to reap the benefits of it. But that was just invaluable. I mean, I can't imagine trying to do, trying to start Meet Mindful from my living room. Like that just wouldn't have happened. Um, so I would say to anybody who wants to go big, definitely join a co-working space. Hopefully everybody has access to one. Um, and try to choose one that's focused on the tech scene. There's other opportunities for, depending on what stage you're at, if you've already tested your idea, which is the next thing I'm going to talk about, um, there's tons of incubator and accelerator programs around the country that would also be good opportunity for people like Techstars or White Combinator. Um, the list goes on and apply to as many of those as possible because just the application process 
and it's the same for investment, just the application process and the interview process will give people really good insight as to what it takes to make this happen. Um, if you just sit around and talk with your team and think about stuff in your head, you won't get very far. I mean, this is why you run, um, this is why, Bo, you run your uh, masterminds, right? It's like to give people these support networks. Mm-hmm. Um, so the last thing that I'll say is the importance of testing the idea is, is just like it's essential. And for me, it happened to be Yoga Dates was in a way our um, test, our minimal viable product. I mean, it was, it was a way for me to see what this problem was and to see that people would pay for it. And then I started interviewing people who were Yoga Dates customers to find out if they had, you know, if they would be willing to pay for an online dating site that specialized in bringing this group of people together. So I kind of like had my, my test group and I could go with data that I collected, even though it wasn't the exact same product. Um, and you know, that was really important for other people. Like I have a friend who wanted to make these like custom made shoes and I kept telling him to read four hour work week and, and put up Facebook ads with mm-hmm. shoe pictures and like create a little Shopify site or something that wouldn't be expensive at all to do and see what happens. And Unfortunately, he never did it, and then he just kind of like forgot about the idea because it seemed so daunting to him. But that stuff is so important. I mean, otherwise, you can spend a sh- money with and not actually have something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's a ton of that out there, and I, I mean, that's a, a even though you had built yoga dates up to something pretty sizable. Um, pretty quickly and, and we're able to leverage that. I think that's a great example of a way that you can do some testing on that front is to just put, you know, start a meetup group or do something local where you can at least see, is anybody interested? Is anyone willing to put any money down for something? Uh, and also gives you access to being able to survey people and ask them uh, to do that. You know, if you're not ready to, to run Facebook ads or that kind of thing, but yeah. Um, yeah, doing something through meetup or, or local stuff seems like a great way to prove out that model. There's another, yeah, there's another girl at Galvanize who, or won't, excuse me, woman who has a company called Bold Betty's and it's, it's an adventure company for women and she started hers with meetup as well. Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah. yeah that's a great example. Um, cool. Well, I know we're running short on time, but, um, I wanted to ask you if you had any recommendations for people that are listening as far as books uh, that you love and, and have really helped you or tools that you would recommend that you guys use in your business on a regular basis. Um, just anything that, that can help people that are trying to build up something similar to what you're doing. Yeah. Um, so the first thing is, is a book that uh, really change the way that I look at things and it has nothing to do with business but everything to do with life and it's called Illusions um, by Richard Bach. Have you heard of it? No, I haven't heard of that. So it's Illusions by Richard Bach? Yeah. Okay. And it's a very short read and it's a type of thing that I'll go back to over and over. Um, It has a message that I think that I need to remind myself of all the time and I remind other people as well. It is, it, it talks about, or it showcases how impermanent everything is and how we are making it up all the time. Mm. (laughs) And I think, especially as entrepreneurs, we get so wrapped up 
and the minutiae and like freak out about, oh my God, Facebook won't let me advertise, which is true, by the way, for me, mindful. Or, <laughs> oh, sh like our affiliate program did this. Or, oh my God, like this person quit. But like, none of it really matters. I mean, like it does on the day to day basis sometimes. But in reality, like we're making it all up. We're making up our reactions to it. We're making up like every story that happens. And I think approaching life knowing that we are creating literally everything that's in front of us that happens to that we think happens to us nothing's happening to us it's it's all the way that we're, we're viewing the, the events that are occurring and just the way that we can process um our life i think this book really helps to to put that in perspective and not take us everything not take everything so seriously um after all, we're on we're on this planet to to learn, to evolve, to become the best person that we can become, and to let something like a business eat away at our soul is just you know that that would be heartbreaking. So that's the book that I have to recommend. And then on a complete on a complete opposite end of the spectrum, um, there's a tool. There's two tools that I'd like to mention. Actually, one is a um, a tracking tool and product management tool called Trello. Do you mm -hmm. use Trello? All the time. Yeah. That's my favorite oh my project management I'm tool. <laughs> yeah. I'm obsessed. And we've gone through three. We did Asana and we did um, Basecamp and then mm -hmm. we went to Trello and it was like, like, you know, the angels came chiming in. I mean, it has <laughs> just been awesome. And so now I, I've gotten a bunch of my friends who like don't even own businesses that just want to like get their life in order on okay. Trello and have an app and like, it's just the best thing ever. So I would definitely highly recommend Trello. And then, um, Mixed Panel. Have you ever used Mixed Panel? No, I have not used Mixed Panel. Have you used Kiss Metrics before? Yes. Okay, so Mixed Panel is similar. Um, it's a it's an event tracking tool, and for anybody who is creating a site that is somewhat robust, um, you'll want to know like exactly how your sales funnels are working, and at what point there's drop offs, and you know whatever events you want to track. Like for us, an event is like someone new comes to the website, and then they look at this article, and then they sign up for our site. But then they actually might drop off on the registration page. And so we can like use this as a funnel tracking tool to make sure that we're hitting our conversion numbers and actually test um, and track things a lot more in a lot more detail um, opposed to what Google Analytics can give us. Yeah. So that's been a lifesaver for us. Awesome. Those are great recommendations. And then I will link those up in the show notes as well for anybody who's interested. Cool. Um, one more fun little question for you. Uh, a friend of mine says that every person has a unique, uh, he calls it unfair advantage that helps them stand out and be successful. What would you say your unfair advantage is? I love that. Quote. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny just full disclosure to your audience, I got that question in advance and uh, I thought about it and, and I tried to be really specific in my answer. Um, and at first it was, I'm a people person. <laughs> but that doesn't really say much. Um, people tend to, because of my passion for what I'm doing and how um and how infectious it is, people tend to really want to help me out. Oh, that's awesome. 
it is very that's a great advantage (laughs) it's a super great advantage and and i think a lot of it is just because it's coming from a very uh open-hearted and and uh integrity rich space that that's not you know i'm not sure like i am excited about the money that can and will come from this but it's not what drives me and I think people pick up on this kind of stuff. And so I've been blessed to have some incredible mentors and advisors and our team members. And I mean, the list just goes on and on investors and, and they just want to see me succeed. And so that's, that's been a pretty cool and fair advantage to have. Awesome. Well, great, Amy. I appreciate you coming on so much. So people can find your site at meetmindful.com. Is there anywhere else that people can uh, check you out or, or learn more about what you're doing? Yeah, you can check us out on uh, Facebook. It's uh, backslash Meet Mindful and also Twitter. We're pretty active on Twitter as well, uh, which is handles Meet Mindful. It's all pretty easy to find. Uh, We're going to be launching a new version of our site along with an iOS app at the end of May and uh, start a really big national PR campaign. So um, for people who check out the site and there may not be enough people in your area, just get ready because we're about to go big. Great. That's really exciting. Well, thanks so much for taking the time, and uh, I hope everything goes great with Meet Mindful, and I will talk to you again soon. Thanks for being here. Appreciate it. Thanks. Hey, Bo here. I wanted to say thanks so much for listening to the show. If you're enjoying it, or if you have an idea for how I could make it even better, it would really mean a lot to me if you could leave a review at youcangetpaidforthat.com slash iTunes. Leaving reviews really helps to get the word out about the show, introduces new audience to it to make it even better, and is your way of telling me how I can make it the best show possible for you. Also, if you'd like to get all of the updates that I have on the blog, on podcast episodes, and get a copy of my Quick Start Biz Quiz, which is a real simple one-page document with some questions you can answer to get really clear on your business, how to get it going, and how to make it even better, just go to youcangetpaidforthat.com slash subscribe and you can sign up there. Thanks again for listening and I'll talk to you soon.